with Emily Kuhn today, and we're talking about her upcoming debut album, Sky Stories, which is coming out October 30th. Um, hi, Emily. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, let's get into it. Um, so this is uh, an album that's featuring like a couple different groups that you play with, including like Helios, which is a nonet and um, a quartet, I believe, if I'm remembering mm-hmm. that correctly. Um, can you describe a little bit about like what, what's led up to this album? Like if this has been a long time, like a really long time coming, or if it's like the right people came together at the right time and so it happened? Like what sure. was sort of the road? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I um, first decided to put the band Helios together because I got a grant to do a night out in the parks performance. Um, and I've been interested for a while in sort of the intersections of jazz and chamber music. So I um, wanted to use that opportunity to put together a band that featured like different instruments than you would normally find in a jazz ensemble. Um, mm-hmm. And so I wrote a lot of music mostly for those performances, actually. Um, and then I basically realized I had an album's worth of material and it was all kind of thematically relevant. And so that just seemed like a pretty logical next step. Um, and then I had a few other songs I had written that I really wanted to record somewhere, um, that I wasn't sure I necessarily, that they would necessarily make sense with the large ensemble. Um, Mm -hmm. and I'd been playing some gigs with this other quartet, um, with Joe Soikinen, Katie Ernst and Nate Friedman. Um, and it just felt like it would all fit together somehow. Um, I went into it sort of not knowing if it was going to end up all being on the same album or if I would do two separate releases with the two bands. But, um, once I listened to everything, it felt like it still worked. So, so yeah, yeah, but it was sort of a long time coming. Um, I started recording in 2019, but I started writing the music in 2018 in like the summer um Mm -hmm. so it definitely feels like it's been a few years of working on this music and getting it all together and now you have this album of like your own little sort of like song children your song babies exactly (laughs) it's so crazy (laughs) it's super exciting Um, definitely uh so sky stories um uh, I was you know reading on on your Bandcamp page and where the release is going to happen and um it's uh you wrote that it's a a celebration of chicago's natural beauty and its diverse musical communities um can you um i guess i'm wondering uh what are some particular things like some things personal to you that um about chicago and its musical landscape that really inspired you to write these songs and and i guess what are what are some particular aspects of of those things that that you really hold dear as a performer here yeah um so I guess for one thing a lot of this I wrote basically all of the songs since moving here four years ago um Mm -hmm. and they all felt I don't write that much music and so every song sort of felt particular to the moment when I wrote it um and so some of it is just personal I have associations with places Um, I wrote a few of the songs actually sitting on um, Loyola Beach up in Rogers Park. Um, I moved to Rogers Park when I first moved to the city and that was like my Mm -hmm. favorite spot to just sort of sit and be quiet for a little bit and write. Um, So a few of them are specifically about that. Um, I guess uh, Queen for an Hour is one of those and um, 
Jet Trails and Shooting Stars is another one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, I just found my play- myself playing with a lot of different people. So um, I've been playing a lot in the jazz scene, but I also for a while was playing with um, an all-female mariachi ensemble, Mariachi Sirenas. Um, really and cool. so, yeah, it's so awesome. <laughs> They're, um, <That's> amazing. <laughs> it's a really amazing project. Um, wow. And so I met a few like mariachi violinists there um, who I really wanted to collaborate with in some capacity. And then I play with a band Son Monarcas, um, which is a like Mexican folkloric fusion ensemble that plays a lot of cumbia and son jarocho. Um, and so I felt like I wanted to collaborate with them in different ways. And so it just sort of was a coming together of a lot of my own communities here um, outside of the jazz scene. So that's, I guess, sort of what I mean by that. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so you, it's, I, it sounds like just a lot of different sort of pockets of different Chicago like music sub scenes. Definitely, <laughs> that, like, exactly. Just all sort of fed into this. Um, and do you still? I mean, not not to like uh, um, triangulate your location, but are you still in Rogers Park or are you somewhere um, else? In no, I live in Logan Square now. But um, oh, cool. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> but I really love Rogers Park, and it still feels a little bit like home. So, oh, nice. <laughs> um, yeah, there's. I mean, there's definitely nothing like the lake. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. exactly. Um, yeah, uh, I was wondering, um, were were there any tunes? Uh, so so far, you've released um, "Roses" and "Catch Me." Mm-hmm. Um, both. I mean, both beautiful. Um, I'm Thank looking you. forward to hearing the rest of the album. Um, I was wondering if there were any tunes on this album, either released or unreleased at this point, um, that were maybe uh, posed some challenges in unexpected ways, whether it was from like an arranging standpoint or like the ensemble or the recording process, like anything artistic or logistical. Definitely, yeah. Um, A few of them. (laughs) I think... (laughs) Recording with such a large ensemble, I didn't quite realize how massive of an undertaking it was before I got into it. Um, And so we recorded um, the rhythm section first for Helios, and then we did a string recording session, and then we recorded vocals um, and guitar on top of that. So it was definitely, it was a layered process. And I think particularly Beanstalk and Queen for an Hour, um getting everything just lining up was really actually quite difficult just because both of those are in odd time signatures and moving pretty fast and just, uh, (laughs) you know, there were a lot of different factors in play. And I think just mixing and editing everything was... That mixing must have taken forever. Forever, definitely, (laughs) yeah. Um, The engineer, Shane Hendrickson, really was incredible yeah (laughs) um yeah that's the kind of process you just like take an hour at a time and you're like (laughs) exactly exactly yeah so I think that was really the biggest um just at the post-production stuff ended up just being a bear because there were just so many things going on in all of the songs right Um, absolutely I I mean I have to sort of tip my hat to you that like uh you know, it certainly logistically would be, I think you wrote on your website about Helios that, you know, the the 
string section almost sort of takes the place of like one single like chordal mm-hmm. instrument in some ways and um it would certainly logistically be uh a lot easier to have one <laughs> one player <laughs> but i mean the fact Definitely. that the fact that you like sort of adding the string sound in as much as you do and and that you are sort of committed to having uh a different kind of sound uh, whoa, sorry, I just hit my mic. Um, <laughs> having sort of a different sound world from that aspect um, is uh, impressive. <laughs> so. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it definitely. I've had second thoughts about it often. Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Yeah. I think when when I've had to like write for multiple string players before, I've I have also had second thoughts. I'm like, mm-hmm. why am I doing this? Um. <laughs> um so uh, I was wondering, since you've since you've played in so many other groups since being in Chicago, playing you know other people's music, um, obviously your composition and your arranging skills are sort of the main thing that makes this your album. Um, but is there anything in particular, um, like about your trumpet playing, that you feel like is able to come to the fore a little bit more on this project in ways that it maybe hasn't in on other people's projects like sure do your tune your own tunes like draw something different out of you as a performer definitely yeah I I mean I think I write tunes that I would want to play um for the most part like I (laughs) I mean which sounds simple but like I no 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 no, no. I know yeah (laughs) even when I write on piano it's like the melodies that would come to me if I was improvising probably too Mm um so I think that a lot of the album I am able to maybe like express something that I wouldn't necessarily come out on another project just because like composition and improvisation are just so linked to each other, you know? Yeah, Um, absolutely. And so I think that that's definitely present. Um, I mean, I wasn't trying to write necessarily like a trumpet feature. Um, Right, right. And it doesn't feel like, I mean, from yeah. the, the two tunes that I've heard, it does not feel at all like, here's some trumpet. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. And that was intentional. I definitely wanted to just incorporate everybody's voices into it. But I do think mm-hmm. it highlights the things that I like to play, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, I was I was wondering about the fact, and I guess I, you know, I'm just not like a jazz player. So I. I, I don't know why this would strike me as particularly unusual or, or not, but <clears throat> I think I was, I guess, um, you know, the songs that you write, you're writing the lyrics on, you know, all of them except the, like two, I think, mm-hmm. on this album. Um, do, like, what's your process for coming up with lyrics? Because I, I, I know for some people, they're writing songs for them, themselves to sing. Um, right. and, and so like writing lyrics for another person to singing, uh, sing, I guess I'm wondering kind of what your process is there. Sure. Yeah. Um, when I'm writing lyrics, I definitely, uh, sing them a lot myself. So mm-hmm. in a way, I think I did write lyrics that I would have wanted to sing and then give the music to somebody else. Um, right. but <laughs> good luck. Um, but I, uh think I'm pretty new to writing lyrics this is the first time I've really done it was for this album yeah Mm -hmm. um and so I it's been a lot of trial and error and I go in between some of the songs I did 
have ideas for lyrics first. Um, actually, Roses originally was set to a Mary Oliver poem. Um, oh. But I reached out to her to get the rights, and um, her agent told me that she actually didn't want her poems put to music. So then oh, I had to okay. rewrite all of the lyrics to me. <laughs> um, which was I'm sorry. I know. I felt so guilty afterwards. Oh, no. <laughs> so, but that was sort of helpful because it gave me a jumping off point and I had an idea about what I wanted that song to be about anyway. So, um, okay, cool. So, yeah, I think it depends on the song, but I sort of, I don't know, I go in circles. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. And I, um, do you, I, because I remember uh, I had Katie Ernst on this podcast a long time ago, and um, oh, cool. not that long ago, but it was a, it was a couple years ago. And I remember our talking. I have a, a distant memory of our talking about like writing lyrics and how she like first got into writing lyrics and used like people's poetry first. <laughs> cool, yeah, um, yeah. I think it's really helpful to use poems uh, mm-hmm. to write too. Um, like I, that was actually also how I wrote the melody for that song. Um, I had that poem and I was like, I'm going to just write a song about this right now and yeah. sat down and did it. So, yeah, it definitely, like you said, I, I think it like gives you a jumping off point and, mm-hmm. and feels a little less scary. Exactly. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> which is, which is totally fair. Like, yeah. Um, so, uh, so there are vid- you've released videos, um, for both Roses and Catch Me. Um, <clears throat> and, uh. Are there any plans for any additional releases before October 30th, like videos or otherwise? Not too much. Um, I actually have a couple of um, videos that I think I'll probably release after the album. After the fact. Um, I have, there's one that actually during the quarantine, my roommate and I started a duo project and we did like an alternate version of Roses. Um, So I think. Lyles? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think I just saw saw it sort of out in the social media. Sphere. Very cool, <laughs> nice. Yeah, so he's a bass player and guitar player, mm-hmm. um, and so we I think we'll release a alternate version of Roses for that. And then I recently did a trio recording of Ponte Giarea with mm-hmm. Evan Levine and Gustavo Cortinas, the bass player cool. and drummer. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think we'll release that, but. I don't think we'll have anything coming out before the 30th, though. Gotcha. It's all yeah. in the wake of, exactly. the, uh, of the release. Yeah. Um, do you... Uh, I'm not going to ask you what you would have done if things were normal, because that's <laughs> depressing. Nobody wants to talk about that. Um, do, you, <laughs> do you have any like live stream or limited attendance events associated sure. with this? Sure. Um, so we'll have an album release show at Constellation on October 30th. Um, <laughs> And so that is going to be great. It's uh, We're doing it live stream only with a small invited audience. So it'll cool. primarily be a live stream show. Um, and then I don't have anything else set up right now, but I'm definitely hoping to book some other live stream stuff in the future. So That's awesome. Yeah. Super cool. Um, yeah. Uh, where where can people uh, find this album on the internet and and also more information about you? Yeah. Just in general. Totally. Um, so um, you can check out the album at on Bandcamp. Um, it's I'm releasing it with Bass Records, B A C E. 
Um, and so you can check out their Bandcamp page, and there's lots of great other stuff there, too. Um, and then my website, emilycuentrumpet.com, has a lot of links to videos and just more information about me. Cool. And I'll, I'll put, like, links and – or I don't know if they'll show up as links, but I'll definitely put, like, websites and, and stuff. And that's awesome. Um, do you – is there – is there a Helios Facebook page? There is. I have never really posted <laughs> it on it. Very t- okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then I, I might leave that then. That would can be I great. Put, yeah. <laughs> can I can I can I do like a like an Instagram handle or Sure, yeah. Okay, um my yeah, cool. my Instagram is Emily Kuhn Trumpet. Um Excellent. That's I post Helios stuff there too. So Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, then that's probably that makes a lot of sense. Okay, I'll put that all in like the podcast description, and and people can check it out. Awesome. Um, is there anything else that you want people to like take away from listening to this album, or just to know about the background sure. of it? Sure. Yeah. Um. So, a lot of the songs, sort of going back to your first question about um, what I like how is it a tribute to Chicago um Mm -hmm. a lot of the songs I also I wrote with specific moments of the day in mind and Mm -hmm. the whole album is supposed to sort of roughly go through a day and different like points of light and different things that might happen um and every song is sort of its own moment um and so I really I was really inspired by a lot of like environmental artists and writers who um, sort of like talk about ephemerality and who write about somewhat mundane things um, and in writing about them like make them much more interesting and beautiful right Um, and so that was sort of my another big thought behind this album was that I wanted people to sort of take away this sense that even really mundane things can be beautiful Um, yeah yeah that's great and you're wait did I read also that you were like a double major in environmental studies in I college? was yeah <laughs> so yeah I did the you, Overland double degree oh, okay. program um oh okay so you probably did you meet like Nate and Mira there mm-hmm. yeah okay, so gotcha. a ton of people who played on the album went to Overland right. with me actually it's yeah. an OB album um. definitely <laughs> <laughs> um so do you feel like that's kind of that you you see Chicago through I imagine that you you must see Chicago a little bit through a, an environmental studies major lens. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um yeah, I feel like I've never done anything like particularly specific with my environmental studies degree, but yeah. I think it's yeah. really changed how I think about the world and like one thing that I and that I've been thinking about with regards to this album is that part of talking about sustainability is talking about like people and communities and how communities can be sustainable um, Mm -hmm. and talking about environmental justice. And so I definitely think I've seen Chicago a lot through that lens through like what communities am I a part of? Um, How does, how do these communities interact with the environment and the lake and the built environment so definitely it's a part of my thinking that's really cool um well i'm really looking forward to the release and the streaming show and um yeah uh congratulations on this new release and um 
Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time. Yeah. Thank you for this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.